Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome back to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. On the show, I have Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions. And let's talk about that game against Albany. Albany just could not make any mistakes. They had a near-perfect game, put up 67 points against the best defense in the NAL. Jared, your thoughts on that game and Albany snapping their three-game losing streak? Um, I, I think it was just a return of something that has plagued the Lions uh, in games earlier in the season. Slow starts. You, you can't score 13 points in the first half and expect to win the, in you know arena football. Um, offense looked a lot better in the second half, uh, putting up 35 points, but that it was just – uh, too much of a gap to kind of bridge. Um, and then Albany, they went in there and they figured out Columbus's defense. They were not afraid to kind of change things up. Castronova was not afraid to run the ball himself. We saw him scamp around uh, a good bit. It, it was a – if you are a team such as Carolina or Jacksonville, San Antonio or Orlando – the game film you want to watch on how to beat the Columbus Lions will be this Albany game. You can't watch earlier in the season because different players doing different things, all that kind of stuff. But what Albany did was textbook what you have to do if you want to beat the Columbus. <laughs> so what you saw when Albany played Columbus this week is textbook what you need to do if you want to beat this newly – uh, revitalized Columbus Lions team down the road, especially the playoffs. And they got a clean sweep as the offensive and defensive player of the week for the National Arena League. Sam Castronova had seven touchdowns, three touchdown runs. Marvin Ross, the DB, got defensive player of the week. Sam Castronova won offensive player of the week. I was watching the game. There were several times where Columbus got into the backfield. It looked like they were about to sack Castronova, but he was able to break away. And he won that game with his legs, but also throwing seven touchdowns. Darius Prince was on target. He had three touchdowns. And just the play of Albany, they played a flawless game. I know that they had the interception to start their first possession, and then they failed to score before halftime. But other than that, they had the game plan to put up 67 points against the best defense in the NAL. Yeah, you know, Albany, they struggled the last couple of weeks. They knew how important it was in this game to get a win over Columbus. They had a chip on their shoulder. Uh, They raised the banners for some past teams that night. They knew that they've had Columbus's number, uh, you know, since the jumps that got into the league. 
So they had every reason to to show up on their home field and and show out and ball out. I think for the Lions, your big takeaway is not to kind of hang your head after this game. Albany was better than what that three game losing streak showed. We 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 know Albany is a good team, and they lost those three games by combined what 14, 15 points. Exactly. So it, it, it's not like they were getting blown out. It was just you know sometimes in the, in, in arena league. The team with the last possession wins. And for Albany, they found that out way too often the last three weeks. Um, they cleaned up their mistakes. They played Empire football. They went out there and, you know, they, they did their thing. But for Columbus, not anything to ha- hang their head on. Okay, Albany got you this time. That's all right. You got to pick your head up, go back at it next week because, you, you know, this part of the season, can't put your head down and, and sulk in, in losses. You got to pick it back up and go. You know, Jared, we have a special guest on the show, uh, not just a Columbus Lion, but also a legend in Columbus sports. I'm a big fan of Jarman Fortson. Uh, he won a state title with the Carver Tigers in 2007. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jarman Fortson to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, right, what's going on, man? How everybody doing? No, I'm doing good. Okay, okay, cool. I don't know. You guys had a tough loss against Albany. Your road trip's not finished. You got to travel to Carolina. But then you'll be back home July the 8th against the San Antonio Gunslingers. Uh, Jarman, you've been the most reliable wide receiver. You and Darren Towson has been a great one-two punch for that offense. But you seem to just be a very good possession wide receiver, and you're also physical. I've always said that that you've kind of reminded me of Debo Samuel, and I'm a huge 49ers fan, of course. You know, <laughs> comparing you to Debo, you know, I, I just have to. <laughs> right, right, right. I like Debo, man. Debo a beast. You also won Ironman Player of the Week, uh, the scoop and score against Jacksonville to open the season. Uh, what does it mean to you coming back to Columbus after spending so many years with the Lions? And really playing for your hometown team. I mean, everybody knows you from Carver, scored a touchdown in the state title game against Cairo in 2007, and then went on to play at Florida State. And now you're back here in Columbus playing in front of the hometown. Uh, it means a lot, man. So uh be home in front of my family, and, uh, my kids, just to be playing uh, in Columbus, trying to bring back a, the first uh, championship in the NAL for Columbus, man. We've been fighting for a long time. For this season, it kind of started off a little bit rocky uh, to begin with, but you guys really found a new breath of life uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, what was kind of the big turnaround or change or kind of mindset that you saw in the locker room or at practice? It was just the will to win, man. Just everybody hungry for uh, to be winners. Uh, you know, we lost those couple games at first. And uh, we just had to buckle down, man. Everybody decided to come to practice, take everything serious, and just make a roll, make a run for the championship. So here we are. Before the season started, there was that big announcement. They're going to shift to Iron Man rules. Kind of when you saw that news, what was that first kind of thought about Iron Man rules? I got to play both sides of the ball. How did you take that? I like it, man. You know, I've been playing Iron Man ball since I hopped on the arena scene. Uh, my first year in Columbus, I played linebacker and receiver anyway. So uh, I was kind of excited because that's just me. I get more plays on the field. <laughs> I don't get to come off the field a lot. Jarman, your team is 4-4 four and four right now, currently in third place in the NAL. And you got a tough road trip ahead of you as you have to play Carolina two more times on the road. And 
Coach Gibson talked about these next four games as you got to finish three and one to actually feel confident to uh, host a playoff game. Because I know that that is the goal for Columbus is to get back to the championship game and host a playoff game. But right now you're sitting in a pretty good position. I think that Orlando, they bumped down to last place. San Antonio has been the hottest team in the league. But if you get a win against San Antonio on July the 8th, you really put them way behind the eight ball and you could possibly position yourselves to make the playoffs. But what are you looking forward to in these last four games of the regular season? Uh, I'm just looking to have a, a hot run into the playoffs, just to hit a, a good stride going into the playoffs for my guys. You know, uh, you're right, San Antonio is very hot, but we're going to have them at home. We play pretty good at home this season. So, uh, like I said, we're just trying to be on the right stride going into the playoffs. And hopefully we can go 4-0, man. Nothing wrong. We're going to strive for perfection. What's the big takeaway uh, from the Albany game that y'all learned on that road trip up there um, after the loss? Uh, We got to play better on the road. It's as simple as that, man. You know, not to go too deep into it. Uh, We haven't played good on the road all season. So if we got to go on the road in the playoffs, man, we got to win. So as a team, we know we just got to play way better on the road. Jarman, your teammates have really stepped up. Darren Townsend had five touchdowns last week. Uh, He's been an ultimate weapon. Teams are not even kicking it to him. But you also have players like uh, DeAndre Brown stepping up and Desmond Reese. And uh, your quarterback, Daniel Smith, has come in. He's gotten to know the offense. Uh, What is your relationship with the new quarterback, Daniel Smith? Uh, Me and Daniel, you know, I I really didn't know him until he got to the team, so – I'm still kind of learning him, filling him out. He's still kind of filling me out. But as a relationship, man, he wants to win. I want to I want to win. So, and right now we're teammates, so we got the same agenda. So, you know, we're we trying to have the same goal. So, right now our relationship is good. Let's get the practice, keep getting better and better. And uh, him and Townsend got a nice connection. So, we're kind of leaning on that right now. Just, just keep getting better every week, man. Daniel's a great guy. Like I said, we both got the same agenda just to win a championship. Well, Jarman, um, so you had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, let's talk about what you were doing this past weekend. NFL running back Isaiah Crowell, uh, we all know him, played for the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Uh, I love Isaiah. He is such a great player. He had a sixth annual football camp. I know you went to the same school as Isaiah. You were helping out this past weekend. I know you mentioned to me when you were a senior, he was a freshman. Uh, do you have a pretty good relationship with Isaiah Crowell? And what does that mean for him to come back to Columbus and give back to the community? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, man, Isaiah, but me and all the guys at Carver High School have a pretty good relationship. You know, it's kind of like a brotherhood thing coming through that football program. So, yeah, we, we got a pretty good relationship. And uh, I'm very proud of that guy. You know, he do a lot for the city of Columbus, you know, coming back, having a camp. A free camp at that, you know, for kids who probably couldn't pay for the camp. That's pretty big for the culture, you know what I'm saying? So, I just love everything that guy doing, man. All blessings and high favors to that guy. Yeah, you know, team, I want to say teammates are so important, uh, whether it's the high school level, semi-professional, whether they're in a football, college level, whatever it may be. So, who's that, who's that one teammate on the Lions where even if everything's going wrong, they're right in the middle of it, getting everybody excited, you never see them down, kind of just always that heart of the team? Uh, I'd probably say the young guy, Carrie, man. You know, he's a, he's a positive guy. 
You know what I'm saying? He got a lot of energy, but he's having a pretty good season. Uh, like he's always talking about, let's go, keeping the guys pumped up. Uh, there's a couple guys, a couple more guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? But Carey probably the most uh consistent with that. Um, and also just to kind of rebound off of that, just getting to know you more on a personal level. Before a game, you know, all the emotions run into the head, you know, especially big-time moments like playing your rival in Jacksonville or a playoff game. What's the one, like, song or thing that you listen, listen to or do to kind of get you in that mindset to get ready for a game? Uh, it might be kind of funny, but, man, you know, just on the field, listen to the national anthem and just knowing what's about to go on once the national anthem is done. That's probably the song that probably just get me the more ready. For the game, man. When the national anthem is going on, I'm just it's, my blood is just boiling at that moment. So it's probably the national anthem, man. I know it's kind of funny, but <laughs> it's probably it, man. <laughs> Jarman, my wife's a Miami fan. Uh, please don't hold that against me. <laughs> oh no, um, <laughs> no. I remember watching you in college when you played for the late legendary coach Bobby Bowden. Christian Ponder was your quarterback. I remember you were their top wide receiver and you were just a very electric player, a four-star recruit coming out of Carver and playing for the Florida state Seminoles and playing for head coach, Bobby Bowden and offensive coordinator, Jimbo Fisher. And that rivalry with Miami and Florida, uh, what did that mean to you playing at the D one level for the Florida state Seminoles that always have had, a tradition of winning national championships in the 1990s. Great wide receivers came out of Florida State, like Peter Warwick and Snoop Menace and others. But, yeah, what did that mean to be a Seminole? That actually meant a lot. Uh, my auntie actually played basketball there. So my family kind of deep into the Florida State uh, blood. But uh, playing for Bobby, the legendary Bobby Bowden, man, that, that kind of like – it's a, it a great thing for my life, like a great point in my life, man, just, just to have a relationship with a legendary like that, just to be around and learn from him. And, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher is just one of the best coaches in college football right now. Uh, just learning from that guy, his attitude, his uh, way to practice, you know, just learning some of those habits are kind of like mixed up into my game. So I was just blessed to have those opportunities to be around some of those legends. Hey, Jarman, what did it mean to play for legendary head coach Dale McGee at Carver? And and what was your teammate at Carver, Jarvis Jones, like? You know, he's being nominated for the Georgia High School Sports Hall of Fame and for your uh, efforts for winning the state title in 2007, and he was just a beast at the University of Georgia. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, uh, playing for Dale, man, you know, uh, I came from Russell County, uh, getting to the Carver my junior year. Uh, meeting Coach Dale McGee, uh, he kind of—he was just a coach, just another uh, good guy who taught taught his young guys how to uh, carry ourselves, how to strive for greatness. Uh, what they want on a D one level, you know, he played at Auburn. You know, he was one of those good athletes in Columbus, so he kind of just kind of led us on the right path. And uh, you see what got him, man. One of the best recruiters in the nation right now. And as far as Jarvis goes, you know, that's like one of my best friends. You know what I'm saying? We grew up playing basketball together for the Georgia Blazers and Tony Adams. So we knew each other before he became that five-star. Before I- well, Jared, a great guest, Jarman Fortson, a class act, always one of the leaders on the Columbus Lions, and we were great to have him as a guest on the show. Yeah, no, he was a lot of fun to talk to. The, the national anthem thing kind of got me laughing a little bit. Just, you know, I, I was expecting, like, you know, you know screaming, yelling, and walking. Or listening to music, 
But the national anthem, you play that, and drummer force and unstoppable. The Columbus Lions are in action this Saturday against the Carolina Cobras. Have you heard any word about the injury report for Jonathan Bain? I heard that he is on the injury report. I, I don't know the latest word if he's even going to play or not. Um, I do not know right now. Uh, I'm kind of looking at the past transactions. So let me see if I can pull up the Carolina Cobras real quick. Um, usually you can kind of tell by whether or not they've been signing quarterbacks or anything like that, but for the most part, it's been pretty quiet on the Cobras front. And I guess we won't really know more until they release the injury report for this week. All right. Well, good luck to the Columbus Lions this weekend as they will take on the first place Carolina Cobras. They are sitting at seven and three right now. Columbus at four and four in third place. Albany's in second place at five and four. And the Jacksonville Sharks at five and five. They are currently in fourth place, followed by the surprise of the league, the San Antonio Gunslingers, right now in fifth place. They have rattled off three straight games, and they got a big game against Albany this week. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the Gunslingers are just, you know, must-watch TV at this point because they're, they're just going into each game, and it's like, what can you expect them to pull off for them to win the next game? And for the Lions, just, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody – I don't think anybody would have expected this to be said in the beginning of the year – but now it's like, don't don't look past Carolina to San Antonio because one of them's number one in the standings, and the other one's probably arguably the hottest team right now with a quarterback that just keeps dropping dimes wherever he goes. Oh, and you know what? I had to look up Robert Kent. I wanted to know his history. He is a veteran in the Arena League as he is 40. He's a man. He's 40. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I was uh, watching our last game, and I, I noticed that the, the comment section was talking about how old he was. I was like, is Robert Kent really that old? I mean, yeah, we haven't played San Antonio in Columbus, so I haven't really done too much research on him. But, yeah, no, he, he has been around for a minute. And uh, that game won't happen until July the 8th. Uh, we have a special promo buy four tickets, get four free as they're trying to pack the Columbus Civic Center. I mean, it's not quite 4th of July weekend. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, kids are out of school and they take their break from the 4th of July weekend, but it'd be a perfect opportunity, a Friday night to catch the Columbus Lions in action against one of the talks of the league, the San Antonio Gunslingers. And if anything, we know about the San Antonio market. They have a reputation of winning championships with the San Antonio Spurs winning five NBA championships. Yeah, it's definitely a perfect market for uh, arena football, San Antonio, that has teams. But I always feel like there's a little bit more room for something there. So I think they found a really good market. And it took a little bit, but I think the Gunslingers have found their way in the NAL, and we just hope that they become mainstays. Uh, we know how hard it is for these new organizations to stay afloat. I mean, when you look at the NAL in Jacksonville, Columbus, Albany, and Orlando, when you look at these those four teams, even Carolina, they have roots in other leagues or they have roots in the community. They're mainstays, and you just hope that San Antonio 
and be that mainstay presence, not only on the field for San Antonio, but off the field in the community. I think, I think that's the big thing that people forget sometimes with, with these teams is that they are important to the community for kids holding football camps and going to volunteer and, and all these things. That's, that's, what, that's what really is the pride and joy to a lot of these teams. You are absolutely right. Jarman, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. So, Jared, a great job on the podcast, and I'm looking forward to calling that game with you on July the 8th. But first, we got a game against Carolina as they will travel up to Greensboro, North Carolina this Saturday to take on one of two road trips to Carolina to take on the Carolina Cobras and the best team in the NAL and MVP candidate, Jonathan Bain. Jared, looking forward to watching that broadcast and looking forward to getting back on with, with you next week, recapping that game and previewing the San Antonio game. Yeah, slowly but surely, this regular season is coming to an end, and there's a lot of fireworks happening in the standings. So you got to take it day by day, game by game, and see what happens for the Lions when we return back for the San Antonio game. All right. Uh, that was uh, Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions, wide receiver and Ironman Jarman Fortson of the Columbus Lions. Thank you so much once again for listening to the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook page and follow me on Twitter and download the podcast at your earliest convenience. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks once again, Jared. No problem. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holders. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I'm out of here. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.